This is Rich Phipps, and I'm the lead pastor of Grace Collective Church. Welcome to our podcast. Whether you're a part of our local church family or a part of our online community, we're so glad that you're here. Enjoy the message. Doesn't that look exciting? Doesn't that look exciting? <laughs> Woo, yeah! If you're not signed up for the marriage uh, summer series we're doing, um, boy, sign up today. If you're engaged, think about getting married. If you're already married, uh, it's going to be a great event. We've got a lot of traction already, so make sure you sign up. We want to make sure we have room for everybody. It's going to be a great, great summer event. There's a lot of kissing in that video. Which brings me to my next topic, Kylie. Um, I understand that um, we didn't have a drummer this morning. You know why we didn't have a drummer this morning? He got married last night. So Colin, our drummer, got married to Jesse, our, our uh, nursery coordinator. See, this is why you should volunteer at the church. You might fall in love and meet someone to spend the rest of your life with. But we are just so, it's so much fun celebrating um, Colin and Jesse. When you see them, next time you see them, they're going to be husband and wife back here serving again. So congratulate them when you see them. Hey, so let me start with this. Have you, have you ever been really excited about being invited? Like invited to something or somewhere with somebody. Several years ago, when, when we, 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 um, we meet every year around New Year's Eve, Marsh and I, our family with two other families, just our best friends in the world, down in Atlanta or outside of Atlanta, Georgia. And we uh, were doing what we do like all the other years. We met up and, and one of the other husbands came up to the other husband and me and he said, guess what, guys? I scored tickets to the Chick-fil-A Bowl for tomorrow night. We're going. I said, who's going? Like, who's we? Like, you and your wife or all of us? He said, all of us. I said, I'm invited. Yeah, you're invited. It was such an amazing event. We, like, we jumped in the car. We, we drove down Atlanta. This is, like, this is a major bowl game. I've never been to a, you know, a, a college football bowl game before. So we drive down to Atlanta. We park, and we start walking. And we're, like, we're a half mile away. But even that far away, the, it, it's electric. The, the people were out cheering and singing and having a blast. It was so much fun. I don't even remember who played in the game. It was just fun being there. And the closer we got to the stadium, the more and more people, like every 50 feet, they're like, hey, how many do you need? How many tickets do you need? Hey, you, you need tickets. I'm like, no, because I got invited. I got my own ticket, man. I'm going to the game with my own ticket. I was so excited to be invited. And then when we got in there, Chick-fil-A, they just go all out. At halftime, they dropped all these parachutes from the ceiling of the, of the stadium down into the crowd, like hundreds of them. And you know what the, the weight was? What was tied to the bottom of the strings? Chick-fil-A gift cards. It was like manna from heaven. And I'm like, give me one of those and give me one of those. The, the only thing that could have made it better was if they had taped like waffle fries under our seats. Wouldn't that have been a, everybody reach under your seat, waffle fries, you know, they didn't, I think it's marketable, we'll talk, but uh, it, it, was, it was one of those things, I was just so excited to be invited, have you ever been there? Like, like maybe, like maybe someone, uh, you want someone to, to call and ask out, out to dinner, and, and he calls, like, yes, he finally called, what took you so long, or there's a big party coming up, and you're invited to the party, or maybe there's a job opening, and your, your company's like, hey, you really need to apply for this, or you want to go to a certain college, and they're inviting you to go to school, you know, when, when you're invited, you feel loved, you feel wanted, you feel valued, it's good to be invited, but maybe you've been on the opposite side of that as well. Where maybe like you walk into work one day and everyone's buzzing about how great the party was last night, but you didn't even know what was happening. Or maybe the, the person who was going to call to take you for dinner never called. Or maybe your company decided you weren't the right fit for that position after all. Or maybe the school did write you a letter that invited you not to attend their school. 
You know, invitations are interesting things. They come in all shapes and sizes. Some of them uh, come and they're pretty fancy. Some have come pretty plain. Some come like in a moment and some have been planned for a long time. Some of them are meant to be a one-off, you know, one-time deal. Others are meant into, you're invited into something that's going to last for a long time. Some of them um, look like they're going to cost you nothing and others cost you everything. Well, this morning, I want to invite you, like not for me, but through me, into something that is all of those things, believe it or not. It is something that is so elegant and so beautiful, and yet it's so casual that it's meant for everyone, everywhere, every day. It's something that can happen in a moment, like right here, right now, the invitation is being given, and you can say yes to it right now, but it's meant to last for eternity. It's something that, that uh, has been, you'll find, beautifully planned since before the beginning of time. It's an invitation that's being given to you. And you can say yes to it if you want to. We're going to talk about what that means because it's, it's the invitation that can literally change your life. I mean, it's so much better than waffle fries under your seat. But I want you to feel this because you're included. This is, this is an invitation that is given to you. So we're going to talk about that invitation, um, but first of all, let me just say welcome. We are so glad that you're here. We're so glad that you're here in person. If you're joining us online, we are super glad you're joining us online as part of our online family. If this is your first time with us, we hope it won't be your last time. So if in any way we can help you like, navigate what you're experiencing this morning, please let us know. Today is our final message in this series we've been doing called Ever Wonder Why? And we hopefully have been answering your questions about uh, why we do what we do here at Grace Collective. So for these six weeks, if you're new with us, hopefully it's been good for you to hear a bit of the vision and the mission behind like what's driving us as a church. Uh, we, you know, Things like, why, why are we going to pave the lower parking lot where none of you park instead of the upper parking lot where all of you park? Or why, why do we have a cafe instead of church offices? Why do we have a hospitality team that starts at the road, like t- telling people, getting excited for people to beep when they drive by, and all through the parking lot and the whole way in hospitality team everywhere, instead of just some ushers standing at this door? Hope, I hope by now that you understand that we do what we do here for the people who aren't here, right? You're all important. We love you. But we can't wait for the other people who aren't here yet to get involved and, and find out about Jesus right here. See, our goal is for you and your kids and your friends and your brother and your mother and your neighbors and your coworkers and your teammates and your coach. Our goal is for, for you to experience Jesus and for other people to come in and experience Jesus. That's why we do everything that we do. We, 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 are, we are hopeful that when you show up here at Grace Collective, you're going to experience Jesus. Now, we also want you to experience Jesus, but we also want you to help other people experience Jesus. See, we believe that we really ought to be doing what Jesus told us to do. Jesus gave us one job to do as his church. Remember what it was? Say, say it before it goes on screen. Go make disciples right now. You can put it on. Now, everybody say it. Make disciples. That's the one thing Jesus told us as his church to go and do. He surrounds it with a, hey, do it through love, do it with grace, do it with, with truth, do it all, all the other things he told us. But this is our job description. Two words, make disciples. And here at Grace Collective, we believe in making two kinds of disciples. Number one, better disciples. And number two, new disciples. So here's what making better disciples looks like. We want to equip you and encourage you for you, as a follower of Jesus, if you're already a follower of Jesus, to you, for you to go out and make more disciples, like disciples who make disciples. That's Jesus' plan. 
And I know that right now in our nation, more than 80% of church people do not make disciples. So if you're making a disciple, you're in that top, you know, top little bit of percentage that actually is sharing your faith. So we want to equip you. Most people I talk to want to, they're afraid to, right? For whatever reason. So we want to encourage you and equip you to be able to go out and make uh, other disciples. That makes you a better disciple. You can listen, you can sit in classes all day long and learn and learn and learn and learn. Doesn't do you a hill of beans worth of good if you don't go out and share with somebody. God does not want smarter followers. He wants effective followers. So we want to make you effective as a follower of Jesus by you going out and making more followers of Jesus. But we also want to make the second kind of, of, of um, disciple, that's new disciples. So we want to make sure that we are reaching out to new people who don't yet know Jesus so we can connect them to Jesus. And, and between those two, better disciples and, and new disciples, you just need to know this. We've put more intentional weight behind and resources into making new disciples. And here's why. We don't love you less, but we know, and, and you know this. If you've been in church any length of time, you know this as well. What happens over time is churches tend to turn inward and focus inward instead of outward. And to combat that from happening at Grace Collective, we are intentionally and will continue to intentionally put more weight and resource into making new disciples so that we keep our focus outward as we move forward. This is why you hear us say a lot of times around here, we're not creating a context of comfort. We're creating a culture of rescue. We believe that's right and biblical. And there's a process that we've adopted that helps us to do that really, really well. It's called the Great Commission Engine. Again, this is all review from the last number of weeks. But we've, we've already talked about the Great Commission Engine. Let's throw it up on screen if we could. There it is. So we've already talked about um, those, those three pistons around the circle. We've already talked about the fuel for the engine. That's Holy Spirit and prayer. We've talked about uh, the crankshaft, which is your one. This is the one, that's the person or persons you know who don't know Jesus. We've talked about all of those. If you've not, if you've not heard those messages or go back and review them, listen, go on our website, just jump on our YouTube channel or follow our, our podcast and you, all those messages are just waiting for you there. But today we're going to take on the last component of the Great Commission engine and that is called the engagement pathway. And that is not just our on-ramp, that's not just how we invite people into um, life with Jesus here at Grace Collective, it's also uh, how we lay out the next steps because this is a journey. It's not, it's not a one moment thing. When you give your life to Jesus, your journey just begins. That's trailhead. And we want to move you along the path as best as we can to help you. So we're going to talk about that today. And the very best model we could find for uh, starting people on the journey is Jesus. Because Jesus was a finder. Jesus found people that other people didn't even look for. Jesus continually found people that other people didn't want to find. Jesus was so good at finding people. Like one day, Jesus was, was walking through Samaria with his disciples, which is odd because Jesus and his disciples are Jewish, but the people in Samaria were Samaritans, right? So yeah, so that's not, not big rocket science. Samaria, Samaritans. So, and they were like oil and water. They didn't mix well. They, they were at war with each other a lot of times. They, they kept desecrating each other's spaces. It was just terrible. But Jesus said, hey, we're going through Samaria. So they went with them, and they came to um, this well that, that you know, Abraham had built generations and hundreds of years ago. And there's a little town nearby. He sends his disciples into the town to buy food. And while they're in buying food, this woman walks out to the well, which is weird because it was midday. You don't go out at midday to draw water. You go out in the morning when everyone goes to draw water when it's cool. But this woman went out on purpose at midday 
because she was avoiding all the other people that were there in the morning. You know why she was avoiding them? Because they made a habit of avoiding her because they knew her. And when you're the one that's avoided and not invited, like she wasn't invited to prom, she wasn't invited to graduation parties, she wasn't invited to socialize, she wasn't invited into anything. And when you're the one that's, that's not invited long enough, you begin to actually stay away from the other people who are trying to stay away from you. So she went out to the well at midday, but Jesus was there and Jesus found her and she found new life. In fact, Jesus turned her into the first missionary you read about in, the, in uh, the gospel according to John. Super cool what Jesus did. Jesus finds people and he changes their lives. Like there's other time, there was a man who'd been an invalid for almost 40 years. He wasn't being invited anywhere because of his ailment. And, and he, so he's not going to people's homes. He's not going to the temple for worship. He's not allowed to. So Jesus found him and Jesus healed him. There was a tax collector named Levi. One day, uh, and I don't know if you understand how tax collectors work. Tax collectors work like this. Let's say Donna, you're gonna be a tax collector back in that day. So what Donna would do is say, I'm gonna be a tax collector of this area, this region, and you would promise Rome as much money as you thought you could pay them if they let you be the tax collector of that area. And whoever, whoever bid the most got the job. So Levi must have said, hey, Rome, I'll give you so much money from this region. He must have bid a lot because this was a real prestigious area. Like they all wanted to be the tax collectors in this area. And so Levi got the job. He's a tax collector, which means he sat in his tax booth. And he was along a major, major trade route where people came in and out all the time. And here's how he taxed people. Oh, you're walking and you're breathing. That'll be a tax. Oh, oh, you're carrying something. I'm gonna tax you on that chicken you're carrying. Oh, you have a cart. How many axles does it have? Oh, two axles. Here's your tax. Oh, you have stuff inside the cart. That's even more. Oh, you have animals porting your cart. How many? What kind? I'll tax you on all of those. He just taxed them like at ridiculous rates because he had, to, he had to pay Rome ridiculous amounts, but he also wanted to make himself rich, so he did. And the people couldn't argue because he had a Roman guards backing him up. And so everybody hated Levi. And one day Jesus comes by and finds Levi, says, come, follow me. And Levi leaves his tax business, leaves it all behind. By the way, you may know him better by his, his other name, his Greek name, Matthew, who became an apostle, wrote the gospel according to Matthew, which is the first book in your New Testament, still changing lives today. This is what Jesus does. He finds people and he changes their lives. There's a man named Nathaniel who insulted Jesus, his family, everybody came from Jesus' hometown. Jesus found him, made him an apostle. There's a man named Bartimaeus who was blind. Because of his blindness, he was never invited anywhere. He was never even allowed to go to the special holy days in Jerusalem when all the other good Jews were going. Jesus found him, healed him, and said, let's go to Passover together. There were 10 men who had leprosy who weren't allowed around anyone anytime. Jesus went up right into their midst. He found them, and he healed them. Bottom line is, Jesus finds people and changes their lives. This is what Jesus does. He like... He looks at them, he knows them, and he loves them, and he just pulls the God purpose right out of them and gives them a whole new level of life that they never, ever thought they could have before. So what I want to do this morning is I want to walk you into two of these times where Jesus found people, invited them into new life, uh, and, and, and see how he did it because it's going to be really important for how you and I do it. So here's, here's the first one. Let me set this up for you. 
Jesus was up around the uh, northern area of the territory. He's around the Sea of Galilee, and he's teaching. He's kind of new at it, so um, he's just getting popular. He's just kind of you know, the hot young rabbi on the circuit, and people are, are coming to him, and they're getting, starting to get crowded. And this particular day, he's standing on the beach. He's got this, this lake right behind him, and, and they're so um, crowding and pressing in on him that he's starting to back up into the water. And so Jesus looks over, and there's two fishermen in their boat. They've been fishing all night. They just have come in, and, and Jesus is like, hey, I need to use your boat. They're like, you want to do what? I want to use your boat. And he gets in their boat to teach and understand this is a big inconvenience for them. Because fishermen, they fished at night on the Sea of Galilee. They're throwing their nets, hopefully dragging in fish. But they've been out all night. They've caught nothing. They're tired. They want to mend their nets, clean their stuff, hang it up, and let's just go home, get a meal, and go to bed. So when Jesus says, I need to use your boat so I can get in it and teach all these people, they're like, this is really inconvenient. But what Jesus did next was beyond that. It was actually maddening. Take a look at the screens. Put that down for a catch. A little farther out. Uh, I don't have a quarrel with you. Teacher, but we've been doing this all night. Nothing. All right. That's your word.
my brother and the baptizer. <laughs> you are the Lamb of God, yes? I am. Depart from me. I am a sinful man. You don't know who I am with the things I've done. Don't be afraid, Simon. I'm sorry. We, we've waited for you for so long, we believe. But my faith, how sorry. Lift up your head, fisherman. What do you want from me? Anything you ask, I will do. Follow me. the invitation two words follow me just just follow me i think there's so many simon peters that you know that i know that are around us every day they count themselves out before they ever step in i'm not worth it i've done too much wrong i've been in the wrong places i've been right raised the right way hey i tried god before he, he didn't work for me i've heard all that stuff about jesus before I, it's not relevant to where i am that was back then this is now we, we've got a lot of simon peters all around us if they could just experience Jesus. And all they need is to be invited. Follow me. Those are Jesus' words. Like, when, when you don't feel like you're worth it, just follow me. See, Jesus doesn't invite you because you're worth it. Jesus doesn't invite you for where you are. He invites you because he knows who you can be. Remember, he, he pulls that God quality, the God purpose right out of you and said, hey, this is who you are. And God will do that for you. He, he looks at you and says, oh my gosh, love is, I'm madly in love with you. And I know who I made you to be. And I, you can live into this. Just follow me. Come check it. If you don't like me, good, you can leave. But come, just give me a chance. Follow me. He did this for Peter. He said, yeah, you're a fisherman. You're a fisherman. Just, just follow me. And he took this fisherman who wanted to get away from Jesus and turned Peter into like the chief of the apostles the voice of the others, the voice that, that more than all the others changed the world. This is, this is what Jesus does. And the interesting thing is that Jesus doesn't just invite them to follow. Listen to this. Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. Jesus just does not just invite you to follow. Jesus commands you to fish. When Marsh and I were first married, we lived our first few years down in um, South Georgia, along the coast of Georgia. And there was a retired pastor in our church named George who said to me one day, hey, Rich, I want to take you shrimping. And shrimping is just fishing for shrimp. And there are different ways you can go shrimping. You can go in a big you know, shrimping boat with our big nets and let them down offshore and they go along and catch shrimp. Or more personally, you can go out in like a little boat and you take your cast net and you just cast out over and you catch shrimp. Or the way George liked to shrimp was by taking a seine net. It's a hundred foot net with a pole on each end where you know, one person on that end, one person on this end, and you pull this net through the water it makes a big U behind you and it just gathers all the stuff that's in the water behind you. And so I said, George, I would love to go shrimping with you. He looked at me and said, great, I'll pick you up at midnight tomorrow night. 
George, number one, why midnight and why tomorrow night? He said, because shrimping happens best in middle of the night to wee hours in the morning and it's best on a full moon. That's tomorrow. I'll pick you up at midnight tomorrow night. George is a guy you didn't mess around with. Like he's, he's been all over the world digging wells, mission work, winning people to Jesus. When he says we're going at midnight, you're going at midnight. So he picks me up at midnight by, by 1230. We're on the beach on Jekyll Island and it's not a swimming beach. It's a fishing type beach. But we have, we have our cooler there full of ice for all the shrimp we were going to catch. We get the net out, and he begins to give me instructions. They're super simple. Rich, take that pole, walk out uh, away from shore till you're about chest deep in water, and then just follow my lead. And so he stayed in the shallow water. I went out into the dark, creepy water. And, and we're, you know, we're, we're about, uh, we're going parallel to shore and we're pulling this, we're about 50 feet apart, pulling this big net and we get about 50 yards down shore. We pull up on the, on the, on the sand, we spread open the net to see what we caught. And it's, man, it's got fish, it's got flounder, it's got crabs, it's got um, sh- a bunch of shrimp. This is fun catching all this stuff. So we throw the crabs back, some of the fish back, we keep some flounder, put all the shrimp in the cooler and we go at it again. And we're out there again. I'm on the deep ending and we're walking through and George is a storyteller. He's telling me about this and about that. And something brushes my leg, you know, and it's dark. My now it's like one in the morning and it's, and it's, it, yeah, it's creepy. And it hits my leg again, hits my leg a third time. I'm like, Hey George, something's out here. He's like, I know it is rich. It's shrimp. The shrimp are running. We got to catch these shrimp now. And he was right. They started hitting me all over. Weird and creepy. They're jumping out of the water, hitting me in the chest and the face, more creepy. And in that middle of that dark water, you know, no lights anywhere, creepiness, George proceeds to say this to me. Hey, Rich, have I ever told you this is the largest shark breeding ground for hammerheads on the East Coast? In fact, it's the third largest in the whole world. They're one of those man-eating sharks we know. Why, why no, George, you skipped that information when you sent me to the deep, deep creepy end. Let's switch places. It, yeah, it was scary, but it was so much fun catching. Listen, some of you understand what this is like. I, I think Jesus looked at Peter, knew how much Peter loved catching fish, and said, I can't wait for you to catch people. Because catching people is like a thousand times better than catching fish. I think Jesus knew that. He invited into something that he knew Peter was going to so much enjoy. Listen, some of you know this. When you lead someone to Jesus... When you sit with them and you say, let me tell you about my Savior, when you talk to them about Jesus and they begin to, to bite, they begin to, to you, you start reeling them in, you begin to walk with them and talk with them and lead them to Jesus. And you realize you've just saved them from going to hell and going to, instead going to heaven, that you've connected them to the one who can do that for them. It's like, this is the, this is the best thing in the world. Let's, let's cast out there again. You understand that, some of you. But I know others of you are thinking, I just feel like dark water in the middle of the night is creepy to me. It's awkward. It's scary. Have you ever thought like, what if they ask me questions I can't answer? How many of you have thought that before? Some of you, right? That's scary. Like, what if they ask me like, did God really create the world in just six days? Or is that just metaphor? Or if God loves everybody, why do you just make everybody love him? Why make it, you know, such a big deal? And some people don't, don't love him. Why just say everybody's gonna love me? Boom, there you go. Why? Or, or, hey, if God really loves me, how come I can't get my locker open? You know, like, why do bad things happen to good people? Listen, you don't have to answer the questions. I, I get it. That's awkward. It's scary. I, I know that can, be a, that can be a hard thing to do. So what I want you to do right now is I want, to, I want to show you how easy it really is to invite people to Jesus. And this is the, this is the second episode I want to walk into. 
recorded by the Apostle John, and it goes like this. The next day, the day after he invited Peter and Andrew, Simon, Peter, and Andrew to follow him, the next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip. Remember I told you Jesus finds people? He just finds Philip. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter, the same town that Peter and Andrew were from. And, and, and look, look what happens next. So Jesus found Philip, verse 45. Philip found Nathanael. So Jesus found Philip. Philip goes and finds Nathanael. See, Philip is not just following. Philip is, is fishing. He goes and he finds Nathanael. And he said to him, hey, we found him of whom Moses wrote about in the law about, and about whom the prophets also wrote. Like, this is the one. This is the one that all the prophets and all the promises and all the generations before us have been talking about. And he names them. He's Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Don't you want to just take Nathanael and say, wake up, man, did you not hear what Philip said? This is the one, the Messiah, the Savior, the Christ, that for decades, for generations, for, for centuries, you've been waiting for, hoping for, praying for as a people, and now he's saying, we found him. He's right here. He found me. I'm coming to find you. This is the one. And with that amazing information, all Nathaniel can say is, where's he from? <laughs> like it matters, right? Like it'd be like you, Sharon, do you like shoes? No, John, does she like shoes? Yeah, okay, let's say, let's say you get a new, kick, new, new pair of kicks, right? You get these new shoes, they're comfortable. Maybe not so fun for dancing like at a wedding last night, but, but you're, they're great shoes, they're comfortable, they look good with all, all your stuff you've got. And you go to John and say, John, don't you like these new shoes? I love them. They, they go with everything, they're so cool. And what if John said, depends, where'd they come from? Like, that doesn't matter, right? You're talking about a product, he's worried about the place. This is what Nathaniel did. He's like, he comes from that town of Nazareth. Can anyone or anything of any value ever come from there? Like, you missed the point, man. This is the Messiah. And he, he's so arrogant and he's so prejudiced. Can anyone come from there that has anything to offer? He just put down Jesus and his family and his friends and his little league team and everybody else that came from Nazareth. But notice what Philip says. Just notice, because this, this gets to be yours and mine. This is our response. It should be. Philip said to him, come and see. He didn't argue with them. He didn't chastise them for, for making fun of Nazarethians, people from Nazareth. He, he didn't pull out the scrolls and go into a big expository launch of what it means for Jesus to be the promised Messiah. He, he, didn't, he didn't go into answering any of the questions. He didn't rebuke Nathaniel for what he said. All Philip said was, Come and see. Bring your prejudice. Bring your questions. Bring your doubt. Bring your hang-ups. Bring your, whatever you need to bring. Just, just come and see if you can just meet Jesus. Come and see. That's all you have to say. When you're out there fishing, when you're out there fishing, you're, you're at work fishing, you're, you're out of the road fishing. Like our, our, our road people tell me, like, we're out here fishing for Jesus. Amen. Like honk and get on in here. Right? But they're... When you're out fishing, it's just come and see. Because if you can meet Jesus, that's all you have to say. And, and, and maybe for you, it's just telling, maybe it's telling your story. Hey, I can't answer your questions. I, I don't really know about that myself. But here's my story. Here's what I know to be absolutely true. I used to be this way, and I met Jesus, and I'm not that way anymore. And what Jesus did for me, he can do for you. 
And you know what's cool about your story? Nobody can tell you it's false because it's your story. You know what Jesus did for you. You tell your story to other people, it is just truth. And that's all you gotta do. Just come and meet the man that changed my life. Meet this God that loves you unbelievably. Just come and see. And maybe for you, come and see translates to just come to church with me. I'll pick you up. I'll meet you there. I'll sit with you. I'll get you. I'll pay for your coffee at the cafe. Don't tell them it's free. Right? You just go pretending you're paying. I go, whoa, you're really cool. I, will, I love you. Come on in. Just come and see. Come to church with me. Because if you can just get her here. If you just get him here, we believe that every time we gather at Grace Collective, God is here and God's moving and God's going to do something in people's lives. Like, I can't wait. Every Sunday, I'm so, I, I get here like six in the morning. I get so excited. Like, God's going to do something today. I don't know what it is. I can't wait to see it. And if you bring someone in, they, get to, they just get to meet Jesus. Wow. It can change their lives. So maybe this morning, this is you. Maybe this morning, maybe, maybe your life needs a change. Maybe your faith needs a reboot. I'm telling you, come and see. Just give Jesus a chance. The bottom line is that God just is so madly in love with you. He's done everything he needs to do for you to know who he is and to have this new life, to become part of a family. Like, I don't know if you know this, but not everybody is the family of God. That feels really good to say, oh, we're all God's children. No, read the Bible. When you give your life to Jesus, you're given the right to become a child of God. We want everybody to be in God's family, so invite them in. God's like, here's a bunch of people who are lost. I want them to be part of my family. We gotta go fishing. We gotta go fishing. Today, what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna pray in a moment. I'm gonna ask God for two things. I'm gonna ask God, and one of these or both of these is for you. Number one, I'm gonna ask God that those of us who are already followers of Jesus would have courage to go fish. I'm gonna pray that you and I would have the five seconds of courage it takes to start talking to people about it. It's all it takes. Come and see. Come and see. Come and see. I'm gonna pray that we would have the courage to start fishing for people. The other thing I'm gonna pray is this, that today if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, that you would have the five seconds of courage today to say, I need Jesus. My life's a mess. My life needs change. I saw what happened in Texas with that shooter. I don't know what's going on in the world. I can't make sense of stuff. But Jesus, I think he can. And so today's the day. And so I'm gonna pray those two things. In between those prayers, I'm gonna give you some instruction, both here live and online. And so listen for that while we pray, because it's gonna hopefully help you make a decision with five seconds of courage today. So I'm gonna ask everybody to bow, everybody to close our, our eyes. I know we don't always do that, but today I'm gonna to ask you to do that. Let's just bow. So Father, today um, we are thankful for who you are and how much you love us in spite of who we are. And we thank you that your love goes past our past and projects us into the future, into who we can be when we say yes to you and follow you. And Lord, I, I believe if, if one man like Peter can change the world because of you, then what can all of us gathered here do? God, we can change. We can change the world. Or we're gonna change one person's world because of you, Jesus. So give us the courage that five seconds it takes just to walk up to say to someone we know or care about and say, let me tell you about my Jesus. And God, we will become a walking testimony. We become fishers of people to win them, Jesus, to you. Father, I'm gonna ask you for something else. But friends, before I ask God for this, I'm just gonna ask you to do this with me. Well, everybody's 
heads are bowed and nobody's eyes are looking around. If today you need Jesus in your life, if today is the day you would receive Jesus for the first time in your life, or maybe you want to recommit your life to him, if this is your time to receive Jesus as your Savior, just, just raise your hand. Don't just stand up, not to come down front. Just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. I see the hands. I see your hands. Everyone else's eyes are closed. I see your hands. Amen. I want you to pray with me out loud. And everybody's going to pray out loud, whether you're already following Jesus or this is a new decision you're making today. We don't want anyone to feel singled out or embarrassed. So we're all going to pray this together. Just simply pray this repeating after me, all of us. Ready? Here we go. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me in spite of me. Thank you for forgiving me of my sin and moving me into new life. I choose today to follow you wherever you lead, whatever you ask, in a new life because of you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. Give it up for those people who just gave their lives to Jesus today. Amen. Hey, so listen. This brings us to our weekly ask. I got some really cool stuff to tell you. Number one, this is this is the first part of our weekly ask. Number one, here it is. We ask you to do this um, as you go out this week. Who do you need to invite to meet Jesus? Like, who are you fishing for? You find the person. You start fishing today. And here's one thing I know about fishing. You don't catch any fish unless your bait's in the water. So start casting, start fishing, start talking, start meeting, start inviting. Go fishing today and all week long. And number two, I'm so excited to talk to you about this. If you just said yes today to Jesus for the first time, are you recommitting your life to Jesus? Or you just want to just get in deeper with Jesus? Whoever you are, stop out at our brand new space called I've Decided to Follow Jesus. You walk out this door, before you get to the cafe, it's on the right, and on the wall you see a big sign that says, I have decided to follow Jesus. Under that are two posters that give you instructions. But let me tell you what's simple, simply to do. Grab one of these cards, it's right there on the top shelf. And, and this card has a QR code. You, you just click on that. It's going to give you three options. This is so cool. It's called the journey. And you're being invited into the journey. Three ways to experience the journey. You can do one, two, or three of them. Number one, it's going to give you seven videos that you watch one a week uh, for the next seven weeks. And it just gives you that opportunity to really find out what a journey with Jesus is all about. And they're really super well done. We really, really uh, love these videos. Uh, number two, it invites you on your phone just to, or device into the Bible app. Uh, the Bible app, many of you have downloaded already. If you don't, just go. It's free. The Bible app, it'll come right on your phone. Um, it'll take you into a 49-day, seven-week experience devotional that you can start anytime. It'll walk you through daily uh, some passages of Scripture and, and a devotional for the day all about the journey following Jesus. If you're new, this is so, so good for you. And the third option it gives you is you can download like a 20-some page booklet that will walk you through the same material in a written form. You download it to whatever device you want, uh, and you can walk through it that way. This is a brand new ministry here at Grace Collective called The Journey. And if we can help you start your journey or walk with you in the journey, we are so ready to do that with you. And this is one way you can start it today. So on your way, stop, way out, stop and do that. And here's your final weekly ask. If you're a parent with kids downstairs in a crew, uh, just know they're going to come home. They want to ask you this. How can I invite others to follow Jesus? And we hope that turns into a conversation you have with your kids, not just this week, but every week as you keep fishing as a family for others to know Jesus. 
Hey, let me pray for us before we go back into worship. And I want you to know that while we go back into worship, uh, this space is open. If you want to come up today, just let God do something in your life. He's like, come follow me. You're invited. I'm right here. This is wide open for you. You can come up here to pray. Come up here just to, just to soak in the worship, whatever you want to do. If you come up here and just dance, you can. This is, this is God's floor. You're invited to come. Let me pray us in. Father, we can't wait to see what you do next. We believe you've already brought souls into your kingdom today. And all God, we believe that all of heaven just erupted. It just erupted with fanfare and trumpets and, and confetti. God, we believe because your word tells us that when one person who's lost gets found, that all of heaven throws a party and celebrates. And Jesus, we're joining you in that today because today people gave their lives, Jesus, to you. God, we can't wait to get them started in this journey. We can't wait to move them um, from trailhead to trail and show us how to do that really, really well. Lord, thank you. Take the rest of this time, God, as we worship you and we declare that you are our King, our Creator, our Lord, and our Savior. Jesus, thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to our podcast. I hope you found something practical to use in your life today. At Grace Collective, our mission is to connect people to Jesus. Everyone, everywhere, every day. You can visit gracecollectivechurch.com to learn more about our church and how you can get involved.